0: Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan, and of course, subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast at Brian McClanahan. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B R I O N. McClanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to McClanahanacademy.com where it's always free to enroll. You get a free class when you do enroll, 10 Myths of American History. So make sure you pick that up. And then, of course, if you purchase one of the awesome classes I have there, you're supporting the podcast, and you're getting awesome stuff in return, one of those classes. So, uh, Plus, if you enroll at McClanahan Academy, you get the best deals on new or forthcoming courses, and that's a big hint because I've got one coming up real soon. Now, I know I released a class just about three weeks ago. That one's out there, too, the Founding Fathers, which is an awesome class. But I've got another one coming up, and it's going to be a really great class too. And so, there's going to be a lot of McClanahan Academy here in the near future. There's there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. So make sure you get on with McClanahan Academy. You can also support the show by going to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep these lights on, help keep the podcasts going. Get your Brian McClanahan show book plates there. Send put my autograph on a plate, send it out to you in the mail. You can. Put it on one of my books that I have. You can buy all my books wherever books are sold. My newest one is uh, Southern Scribblings. You can get it at Amazon. That's uh, It's published through Amazon. But at Amazon, it's a great collection of 60 essays. You want to get that book because, I mean, look, there's nothing more important in modern America for critiquing modern American society than the Southern tradition, and I outline that in the book. And, of course, with that book plate, you get my autograph on it. Plus, you can go to learntruehistory.com, T-R-U-E, learntruehistory.com, and get uh, Tom Wisdomy Classroom there. Of course, I teach there along with Tom and a number of other great instructors. So you want to get that too. Don't forget to rate the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Get your Brian McClanahan Show gear. Click on that Shop tab on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. Lots of great ways to support the show. Share it with your friends Get it around on social media. Do all you can do to help generate listeners because that is where we increase Think Locally, Act Locally. And this is a Think Locally, Act Locally episode. Now, I'm going to be basing it on a piece that Jeff Deist, who is at the Mises Institute, published at Mises.org. Let's see, when did he put this out? Uh, Just today, just a little bit earlier today and me recording this podcast. Now, Jeff Deist is, of course, the current president at Mises, and uh, he's from California. Now, Mises, if you're not aware where the Mises Institute is located, it's located in Auburn, Alabama. Uh, But Jeff is from California, and he posted on social media not long ago uh, about how all his friends in California are wondering how they can get to Alabama. And I told him just say no, don't let them come here because it's an infection, it's a disease. They need to keep their their California political culture needs to stay in California. Now, Jeff's okay. We can take a few, but not a whole bunch of them. I and mean, even even Washington said, look, as long as they come and behave, we'll, we'll, we'll take them. And he's talking about foreigners in the United States. But they have to behave. And we're not so certain all these Californians can behave if they start ending up, ending up in Alabama. So let's keep them in California and let them deal with the mess they created out there. But this is in re, uh, response to the interesting situation going on in Portland right now where you have federal troops on the ground and they are arresting people pulling them off the streets this is the kind of stuff that goes on in China or in uh, Pinochet's Chile uh, Chile I mean this is this is what is this is what happens with uh, some of these some of these uh countries that have totalitarian regimes this is Gestapo kind of stuff, or uh, you know, the Politburo uh, ordering people to be pulled off the streets just by a wave of the finger from Stalin. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that happens. And of course, we have this pesky little thing called the Constitution that gets in the way here. Uh, now, the mess in Portland is awful. I mean, look—it's property destruction. It's illegal rioting, all kinds of things are going on. But you know what? That's for Portland to clean up. And Portland should reap what they sow. This is their just desserts for doing what they do, which is advocating a progressive society. Because as I've mentioned in this podcast before, the most destructive and violent group of people in the history of the world has been the left. There is no other more violent and destructive group. None. Zero. There's no real fear from quote-unquote right-wing groups because right-wingers tend to not go out and riot. But the left does. The left goes and riots all the time. So I'm going to read this little piece. It's it's a short little piece, but I'm going to comment on this in a couple other areas too. The title is about those spooky federal cops in Portland. One of the things I saw the picture, it looked like the guy was armed with a paintball gun. Now, I mean, look, these people are are dangerous, these federal cops. But if you've ever played paintball before, it hurts to get shot with those things. It's not lethal, though. I guess if you got hit in the face with it without a mask on, I mean, that could be. But, uh, you know, it's a paintball gun. So we've gotten to the point, we've gone from... <laughs> think about what's happened with this, though. In some ways, it's kind of kind of shows you where we are in the 21st century. In 1770... We had the Boston Massacre, where we had British soldiers armed with real guns kill a number of protesters in Boston, as they were calling them all kinds of names and throwing snowballs at them. And here we are in Portland, and you've got paintball guns. Now, I know they're dragging people off the streets, or at least they're arresting people. I don't know where these people end up. I'm sure they're not disappeared. They're not they're not the disappeared in, in Chile. They're not uh, Pinochet's political prisoners, or they're not going to, to uh, Siberia like Stalin. I don't know where they're going. Black sites, I'm sure. They're being interrogated, all kinds of things. Who knows? It's all illegal because the federal government shouldn't be there to begin with because the people of Oregon haven't asked them to be there. But Jeff makes a couple of interesting points I want to talk about. He says, Dear Portlandia progressives, a federal government big enough to take care of you is a federal government big enough to take care of you. And he puts take care of you in quotation marks there. Scary, unidentifiable police, federal black sites, and proceduralist snatching of individuals from the streets are the wholly predictable and natural consequences of the very policies you advocated for decades. Why do you imagine a big government with lots of power will restrict itself to the cozy social issues and economic takings you support? Government can seize the means of production, but not seize you. You wanted everything run from D.C. and you got what you wanted. Plus, you certainly would be every bit as outraged if federal agents... Concerned about the undermining of America has snatched up a few white supremacists, right? Yeah, I'm sure they wouldn't. You see, this is the hypocrisy, and he points out at the end, this is the hypocrisy of the progressive left. They don't understand that the big government they advocate will do these kind of things because big government is nasty. Now, in this new class I'm working on, I give you a section from a very important southern thinker Uh, a paragraph that is one of the best. If you want to get a paragraph in support of liberty, and I just recorded it just before I did this podcast, which is why it's on my mind. It's so good, but I don't want to steal my own thunder. I want you to get the class where I talk about it. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. And it's not somebody that's going to be a household name, but it's just so good. It speaks right to this from the uh, period leading up to the American War for Independence. Because what this person says about government at that point is that we have, if, if a government can take from you, that is the very definition of slavery, and a government powerful enough to do that will make you slaves in some way, and this is essentially what is happening here. So if you give the government the power to provide for you, it's going to take from you and take care of you as well, as, as Jeff says. He says, progressives of all parties have cheered the relentless centralization of state matters and rejection of the Tenth Amendment for nearly 150 years. The shaky and infirm incorporation doctrine federalized the Bill of Rights. The Supreme Court federalized social economic issues. And the alphabet soup of federal agencies created by progressive administrations federalized the regulatory state. I I mean, look, if you want to go back again, pre-revolutionary period, one of the things that these people talked about, too, was court judges destroying the constitution they talked about it in the 1760s court lawyers court judges destroying the constitution nothing has changed you see what that generation talked about compared to now i mean they would look at this and say what what madness are we seeing what did we fight for in 1775 what are those men who are buried in the dirt It doesn't matter north or south. What did they fight for? Why did we contend for these liberties that you have so easily given up? Now, it's interesting what what Dice says here because he's referring back to the the, uh, Southern War for Independence, 150 years. The incorporation doctrine, which is not even 100 years old yet. The Supreme Court federalizing social economic issues, the alphabet soup of federal agencies created by progressive administrations, federalized a regulatory state. Foreign policy was ripped away from Congress and commandeered by bureaucratic deep state state actors at the DOD, CIA, NSA, and the State Department. Thousands of new federal crimes were created by statute. These statutes in turn created a vast federal police state, one heavily influenced and provisioned by the residual weaponry and machinery of our overseas wars. I mean, this is all true. It's all true. In my course at McClanahan Academy on Reconstruction Recreation, I bring that up to 1975. And, of course, I could probably create a, a, another lecture on 75 to the present. But this is the point I make. Everything that we're seeing now is the result of centralization, of nationalism. Because this is, what exa- this is exactly what was going to happen. As you centralize power for some things, you're going to centralize power for all things. This is exactly why the founding generation in discussing the Constitution, the opponents of the document, continually brought up centralization, nationalism. They did not want a national government because this is what happens when you create a national government. He says, so now you wonder why the feds are sent in to quell an uprising in Portland. But incidentally, without a request from the governor of the legislature of Oregon, from 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 my in my mind they, that hasn't happened, but these people are being sent in. There's probably some under the table something going on here, some behind the scenes. Like, yeah, okay, come on in. Uh, you know, we want we want you here. I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but certainly the government of Oregon has not asked for the federal government to get involved. That is required by the Constitution. Hence, go back to the Whiskey Rebellion. But we can, this is why I've said George Washington screwed up America, because he relied on Hamilton too much. And we had this issue of the Whiskey Rebellion and federal troops being sent into Pennsylvania without the request of the governor of the legislature of Pennsylvania, at the behest, essentially, of James Wilson, who was a Supreme Court justice who hated the Western Pennsylvania farmers anyways. He's from Pennsylvania. I talk about that in my Founding Fathers course. He says, who wanted to make the world safer democracy? Remember Woodrow Wilson, suddenly a bad guy because of racism? At least Truman had the honesty to admit regrets about creating the CIA. Who wanted federal control of the retrograde southern states? Who dismissed the Ninth and 10th Amendments as relics? Who derided states' rights and nullification as legal cover for bigotry? For the millionth time, states' rights does not mean states have rights relative to their citizens. It refers to retained powers in a federal system. So enough with the dishonest smears who shrugged at Waco and Guantanamo Bay, for that matter, or when Obama signed the NDAA. At this writing, federal agents operating the City of Roses appear to be from the Department of Homeland Security. Here's what Ron Paul, a true man of peace, yet despised by progressives, had to say back in 2002, shortly after the DHS was created with overwhelming support in Congress. This is a long quote from Ron Paul. He says quote the homeland security department like all federal agencies will increase in size exponentially over the coming decades its budget number of employees and the scope of its mission will expand congress has no idea what it will have created 20 or 50 years hence when less popular presidents have the full power of a domestic spying agency at their disposal the frightening details of the homeland security bill which authorizes an unprecedented level of warrantless spying on american citizens are still emerging those who still care about the Bill of Rights, particularly the Fourth Amendment, have every reason to be alarmed. The process by which Congress created the bill is every bit as reprehensible as, it can, as its contents. Of course, the Homeland Security bill did receive some opposition from the president's critics. Yet, did they attack the legislation because it threatens to debase the Fourth Amendment and create an Orwellian security, surveillance society? Did they attack it because it will chill political dissent or expand the drug war? No. They attacked it on the grounds that it failed to secure enough high-paying federal union jobs, thus angering one of Washington's most powerful special interest groups. Ultimately, however, the, even the most prominent critics voted for the bill. You see, Congress, I could write, and ent- it would take over 100 volumes to write a book about how Congress screwed up America, but all this goes back to centralization. It all goes back to the mere problem of centralizing power in Washington, D.C. He says, similarly, Dr. Paul was scorned and attacked by progressives of all parties in the early 2000s for labeling the Bush-Ashcroft Junta as a police state. He was dismissed for opposing TSA at the airport, for opposing FISA warrants, for his Fourth Amendment absolutism, and especially for warning how American forays in the Middle East would come, come, would come home in a multitude of ways. Constitutionally, there are only three federal crimes: treason, piracy, and counterfeiting. You no know, standing federal police agencies or apparatus are required to enforce these. In fact, the, later, the latter appears to be the express policy of our central bank. There should not be federal agents, overt or covert, in Portland. Period is what you should say, and there shouldn't be any there, without the request of the city, of the state of Oregon. Because the city, of course, is a corporate entity of the state there, the legislature, the governor. Jeff says, the riots taking place there are the criminal matters for local authorities and local authorities alone. <gasps> but this is my country, and if that's rioting there, then that no, it doesn't I mean, look, this is, this is where we get into conservative nationalists, and they just want to, I understand what, what's going on here in the mindset. They want to punish those people. I mean, they want to get them. They look at these people and they think, these people are just ridiculous. They have to be put down. I mean, I understand it. Nobody wants to see this kind of activity. On the other hand, this is for Portland to deal with. And Trump actually had the right statement when he said, look, I mean, he should be saying, oh, yeah, the riots in Portland, man, yeah, it's terrible. This is what happens when progressives have power. I mean, they should take care of it. We shouldn't have any federal troops there. Trump would get... Bigger accolades, I think, from the right, if you just said, let's let the leftists take care of the leftists. Let them take care of themselves. It's their problem. It's their fault all this is there, and let them deal with it. In fact, that's what Dice says should happen. The riots taking place there are criminal matters for local authorities and local authorities alone. If residents and local politicians prefer to give the mob freedom to run amok both their republic. Taxpayer and private property, also while threatening the physical safety of ordinary citizens. Uncle Sam has nothing to say about it. This is true. It's not just Uncle Sam, but Jeff lives in Alabama. Alabamians really have nothing to say about it either. Let Portland take care of Portland. It's amazing how you don't necessarily see some of these real bad problems in the South. I mean, it's not saying they couldn't happen. We did see some rioting at times in the South. But I don't know if these people would get as far in the South. I wonder why. The same people demand endless growth in the federal police and regulatory state ought to be more circumspect today. A cynic might call them hypocrites. Well, they are. I mean, It's a really great short piece, and I think it gets to the heart of the issue here. Centralization, nationalism is the real problem. Now, you could say, well, yeah, but thinking locally, I finally live in Portland, i got to deal with this. Well, looks like you should be working to work to change your government there. I mean, this is something that should happen. Or leave, right? Vote with your feet. Get out. Get out of these cities, these leftist areas that are so destructive. Leave them. Go somewhere else. Because if you can't change it, leave it. It's uh, This is a problem of centralization, and it's based on a 150-year trajectory, a down, a downhill slope of nastiness that people could see coming. I mean, anyone with a brain could see this coming. So people have asked me about this. You know, what about this Portland issue? What about these people out there? Well, I mean, it's unconstitutional. No, no federal troops should be in Portland unless... The people of Oregon have asked for it. The legislature the governor have asked for it. No one should be there. And only the governor can do it if the legislature is not in session. Then the governor can ask. Otherwise, you've got a situation where the legislature has asked for it. And I'm not so certain they would do it because these are their constituents. I think one of the most beautiful things that's happening right now is that people are finally starting to see what the left, the modern left, actually is. I'm not so certain that uh, they're going to vote Based on that, and what does voting really do, anyways? I mean, there was a very funny Babylon Bee, you know, piece the other day. You know, Republicans have re- have resolved themselves to vote harder in the next election. What does that mean? Really, what needs to happen is that in our to, to avoid these kind of things, we need to ensure that thinking locally and acting locally becomes part of our everyday lives. And that would be, again, as I mentioned before, getting involved in your local government. If you are in, if the right people are in power in Portland. This stuff would be put down. These people wouldn't even be rioting. There would be no riots. But a lot of this is cultural. And in the podcast I did on Karens, you have a lot of Karens, <clears throat> Yankees, in Oregon. And those Yankees, this is the Yankee problem in America. Jeff Dice isn't identified as that, but this is exactly what he's talking about. We've had Yankees. We've had New Englanders. We've had this poli- these political Puritans. Running the show for 150 years. This is New England without the Christianity. I mean, when some people get upset when I start talking about, most of the time when I'm talking about Puritans, it's not religious doctrine, it's their worldview. This is political Puritanism on display. It is New England personified. It is exactly what the founding generation feared in this class I'm working on there was also this very funny quote from a Tory in South Carolina he was talking about New England and he said New England is gonna be a problem if you if you guys break free I love the quote I get into it uh, in this new class you're gonna want this class so bad it's gonna be so good I can't I can't talk about it enough uh, but regardless uh Jeff Dice is spot on in this little piece, and I think you should go read it. It's at Mises.org. Follow what Jeff does, I mean, over at Mises. If you're not a libertarian, that's fine. I mean, um, you know, and, and, uh, but he, he talks about power, and I think that's something that we should all be concerned about. It's power. It's the abuse of power by a central authority. If it's going to provide for you, if it says, yeah, here's your chocolate ration, then certainly it can also take your chocolate ration. If it's going to give you security, it can take that security. It can also use that security against you. That's a police state. That's not what we want. That's not what anyone should want. But, of course, that's what we have in America today. It is the New England. It is the purification of American politics. The first cancel culture was in New England. Those are the people that canceled Christmas. And I'm going to tell you, if this group could do it, they would take all of that out, as we have talked about in the last episode Christianity is now racist so I don't know where we go from here but you reap what you sow so think locally act locally get involved at the local level try to sweep around your own back door take care of your family do those things first and then hopefully we can weather this storm but uh, this is this is a, an awful time to be in America uh, with some of the things we're seeing because of the predominance of the left and progressive ideology. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. I'll see you next time. See you then.